welcome to the grand final preview edition of 12 Rows Back. We uh, we thought we'd get on a very special guest, a very loyal listener and number one Demons fan in Shema to come on and just chat a little bit of Demons. Gave him obviously right a reply on my simple Simon Goodwin comments, which as I said I put my hand up and got them wrong, but got to win on got to win on Saturday, otherwise it uh, it's all worth nothing. No one really remembers who lost the grand finals, except Port Adelaide in 07, because that was a record margin. But uh, it's uh, it was it was good to have him on. Good to get some insight from a D's point of view. This was recorded earlier in the week, so the, he was keeping a lid on the nerves. The nerves weren't quite there. I could not imagine today, as, as you're hearing this on Friday, 24 hours out from the big dance, the big game. I would be. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be super nervous, uh, especially if it had been 57 or 67 odd years, whatever it is, since we've won a flag. So sit back, have a listen. I hope you enjoy. And uh, as always, we appreciate your support. Thank you for listening and uh, look out for us on social media. Hit us up. We love all your feedback, your likes, your comments and uh, enjoy your grand final day, whatever you may be doing. And welcome to Shem. Thanks, boys. Love to loving being here. Um, hello to all the listeners out there. Jeez, you sound nervous. You <laughs> sound nervous. Quiver in the voice. Oh, I'm nervous about this weekend, Sauce. Um, the nerves are there, but um, really excited. So they should be. It's uh, it's not often you get your team to a grand final, pretty much, unless you're following one of Richmond, Hawthorne, or Geelong in the modern recent maybe Sydney. Certainly not for any of our no-hoping teams, Tom. Uh, but uh, it's good to have you on, Shem. We, we thought we'd just get someone on who's got a little bit of skin in the game this weekend, you know. Uh, it's been a big year for the Ds. How, how, like, how are you feeling? How are the nerves? Just tell us where your head's at. Yeah, I mean, I'm riding a high tonight, actually, just off the top. Simon, simple Simon Goodwin has come in at, um, as the AFL Coaches Association Coach of the Year announced tonight. So I thought I might start with that off the top and just say how proud I am for Goodwin over the last, you know, uh, two years, finishing 17th two years ago and then basically ninth last year and then taking us to a grand final this year. It's been an amazing year, a great coaching performance. Is it true they had to scratch out Mark Williams' name and put Goodwin over the top? Well, it's a, it's a head coach's award, um, Sebastian. Um, do you want me to run you through the top three? <laughs> Uh, please, please. I'm frantically looking for it to give some some thoughts. Actually, yes, please. Maybe I'll just see. Maybe give me your your top three, knowing that good ones on top. I've kind of given that away, obviously. Uh, well, if I was doing, it, I would have had Leon Cameron up there. I would have had Johnny Longmire up there. Uh, Did you get Ken Hinkley in there? Did you have Hinkley up there, Chris Scott? Well, when when so. I guess it depends when this award was decided. Um, like Kenny Hinckley won it last year, and if you were doing it after prelim final week last year, you wouldn't have thought about Kenny Hinckley. Um, no, I would have had. No, look, let, let's let's call a spade a spade and say I've been probably on the harsher side of been Jeez. slightly more critical of Simon Goodwin than, than most. Uh, he would have been top three for me, but I think Leon Cameron losing Jeremy Cameron and getting that team to where he did and Horse Longmire, given Sydney with so much youth and everything else, getting them 
not just into the finals. They 15 wins. They really should have won a final. Um, I thought those were the two, probably two. I had them as two standouts, and then I look at where Melbourne were last year in pre-season. You probably have to have Goody up there in some capacity, I suppose. Gee, so 27 weeks, and I guess we've half turned you on Goody from, from that little spiel then? Well, it's not this, the award isn't a measure of coaching ability. It's a measure of results versus previous results, isn't it? Like, the, the, whether he's a good coach or not, Melbourne were, what, 11, ninth last year? And now they're first. And that's the turnaround. Is that him? Uh, I'll, I'll, or is I'll, that having 15 top five picks? I'll give you the I'll give you the context. It's a it's a peers award, so um, voted by head coaches, um, and therefore there's a fair bit of respect there. I don't think it's just results. I think you've been a bit harsh there. Top three though, pretty close. Um, Goodwin, Beveridge, Leon Cameron. Yeah, right. There you go. You made the top three. There you go. Can you name the uh, the current? two-time winners that are current coaches. This is the award, if I'm not mistaken, that Clarko's never won. Is that correct? Yes, Tom. I, I don't think he's ever won this, so it's not Clarko. Uh, Longmire? Well, Clarko, yes, Longmire's won. Clarko's not a current top, current coach, Tom. Oh, geez, technicality there. Well, look, wow. with, with, the, with the Tigers dynasty, Hardwick would be a two-time winner at least, wouldn't he? He won once. One once. Bevo's another one. He won where he went back to back, the rare back to back, 2015-2016. And just to keep this moving along, because well, you know, you're a busy man, Shimmer. Two little ones running around. Kenny Hinkley's won it twice and everyone's talking about him potentially getting the sack. So what like is this a bit like the AFL Players Association MVP where you've got to nominate people and and all this other jazz? Like look. Well done, but I guess what, what's his odds of winning at 1-18? I'll take those odds. <laughs> Still can't give him an inch. I also like that we had this simple Simon debate buried down at the bottom of our run sheet, and uh, it's just taken top billing. You're pretty keen to get on and clear uh, Goody's name, Shem, aren't you, after this, uh, the year that he's copped from, from this program? Oh, look, two biggest stories of the day, Tom. Um, Simon Goodwin winning the award and then the uh, the protests over the Westgate Bridge. So what would you rather talk about? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to stick with footy. I don't, I don't mind that. We um, were very close to talking about the protests, mind you, because they almost held me out from getting home. Yeah, <laughs> Not true. impressed. But five All-Australians, that'd, that'd be hard to coach, wouldn't it? Let's we, – we can talk – we can talk Simon – we, like we can get right into it, or we can just. I just want to drill down on some of your Melbourne knowledge, Shema. So, oh, like, when did you start? And this is to use a phrase you might be familiar with: "deleaving that a flag was a possibility for this team this year." Was there a game or a moment? Because it took me till probably three quarter time last week. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, as a D supporter. You're always nervous. You always know that when you go in as a favourite that you're a chance to lose. So to be completely honest, I don't think that any Demon supporter was fully on board until we showed up and performed in that first final. 
How far into that game, I mean, were you comfortable? I know at halftime it was sort of 29 and the signs looked good, but, you know, 29, a couple of early goals become 17. Was it sort of deep in the last or the old Lee Matthews minute rule or was it sort of when Maxie's dobbing goals from outside 50 that you're like, we're not getting beat tonight? What point of the game did you sit back and go, we're, we're heading to the granny? Um, oh, look, it was party time in the third quarter, wasn't it? <laughs> It was party time in the third. Uh, messaging a few D's mates at, at halftime. Everyone's still nervous. Um, just thinking it was still fresh in our mind, the fact that round 23 we were able to come back at, at halftime, pile on eight goals in a row and, and, and win that game. Um, Geelong didn't look like the Geelong side that they would normally, um, normally be. And you just had a feeling that Chris Scott was going to come up with something. He was going to throw some magnets around and, and try something different. Um, now that just wasn't to be. They were off. We were on. Um, I'm hoping that's not the best game that we played for the year, and that we play an in bed one on Saturday. But um, yeah, I was uh, I was sinking through a few froffies uh, through the third quarter and really enjoying it, Tom. Yeah, look, I, I can't argue with it. There, it, it was straight out the gate. I think Big Benny Brown saluted with the first, and then obviously the the Max show after that. But then it was just basically no injuries, isn't it? Are you are you sitting okay with? With, I guess, the injury side of things, May a little bit ginger in the hammy, and I think Spargo's come out with a little bit of a sore ankle this week. Um, I mean, the ideal team's there, but are you sort of looking at that a little worried, or you're okay with uh, with what's going to sort of come out on the team sheet? Oh, look, it was great management by Simple Simon in the last five minutes to have, you know, you look across to the bench, you have Max Gorn, Stephen May, Oliver and Petrarca on there. You know, it's um, you're rubbing your hands together, looking forward to... To heading into the grand final and, and also the important week off. Um, I think the club potentially has played down the Stephen May injury a little bit, you know, hamstring back related. Um, I, I personally, I think he's definitely going to play. It's un, he's definitely going to play. I think in that final, they put him back on because it was a, they needed him in the game. You know, they still needed to shut down Tomahawk. They didn't want to let the cats back in. And ultimately, if you know, if he'd properly done a hamstring, he would have been out for at least two weeks. So it was, in my mind, you know, it was a low risk move putting him back on. Um, but look, apparently he played the scratchy on on Saturday and, and got through fine. Um, he'll play. Um, I think he won't be his typical Stephen May self, um, but um, he's a he's a role to role to play. He'll um, he'll take Norton, I imagine, um, and uh, and I think he'll shut him down. Um, Spargo, uh, I'm, I'm happy with Spargo. Tommy McDonald came out during the week, said a couple of painkillers and um, maybe an injection in the ankle and, and he'll be fine. He won't feel anything. So he's a very important link-up player to us at half forward um, and had a, had a great back half of the season as well. So I'd be upset to miss him. Um, and then on the other injury front, it, it really comes down to um, is, it, is it Hibbo or is it Smith who comes back in after a hamstring injury? Um, and the other one who's knocking down the door is Jaden Hunt. Um, I, I just don't know if you can bring Hunt in after four weeks off and a pretty serious ankle injury. So my thoughts are Hibbo goes out, unfortunately, for him. And um, Smith, the versatile Joel Smith, comes in um, to play a role. Where's so you, you've just listed all four injuries the Demons have had for 12 months. So well done. Like. <laughs> This is, I don't, I don't know if it's testament or if it's just, uh, I think it's more a bit of luck, but 
to get through the year with no major injuries has helped. It can't be the sole reason. Obviously, you've got to play well. But that's certainly... There's been a little bit of luck there. Richmond-style luck. They didn't have any for three years and and did well. And look at where they... Look where Richmond ended up this year after a few. So there's... It's probably... As a neutral fan, it's a good thing to have more of the hard luck stories coming from um, selection battles rather than a suspension. What, who was the last player who missed one through suspension, Tom? Off the top of your head. Oh, was it... Rocker? Oh, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, Rocker or, or Cloak back in that Collingwood sort of period. Has It sort of no. hasn't happened recently, has it? Not, not, I know oh, Jason big, McCartney. Big Bazza, would you call Big Bazza in 05, Saints v Swans, whacking Matty Maguire? He didn't miss. He got off. It was 50 metres away from the ball. Well, yeah, it was considered in play. Yeah, they did geez. everything they could to get Sydney that grand final. Um, well, Jason McCartney's the one that comes to mind. He belted someone very late in the game for no real reason. Clark Keating, I think it grand was. Final. That got uh, Cam, Cam Mooney a start. But, um, yeah, look, I'm with you, Sauce. It's good... Uh, Good problem to have when it's it's more just yeah your best team out there rather than these sort of hard luck stories. Well, there is the biggest hard luck story of uh, uh, Nathan Jones retired. That's uh, it's look it's really unfortunate, but you have to. I have, I take my hat off to him because he retired before the game, so he's retired. What was it last week? End end of last week, and all that's done is taking the whole. Should he play? Will he play? Won't he play? Out of the equation, so the team can focus on winning. Which not a lot of players would do that. They'd hold on to that last little hope that oh, someone might get hurt at training. I'll get in. I'll get in. Probably was easier given these two kids were being born. Uh, Lee Matthews wouldn't have been happy with that. That strategic family planning, but uh, it was a pretty selfless act, and that shows why he's been such a good leader for that footy club. Well, look, it's it's etching every bit of motivation out from the D's, I think, to to try and get his team to win the grand final. Goes back to our Rovers playing days and coming into the to the last round and running out there, up, you know, as a one bloke's retiring and you want to win for him. Um, while Jonesy won't be out there, they'll be playing for him 100%. He'll be mentioned in the speech before the game. Goody will mention him. Corny will mention him. And they'll use his motivation to, to win it and... Um, and to hopefully bring the cup back on the plane. I hope your team doesn't need extra motivation at this stage, Shem. I reckon uh, I reckon there's enough to play for without bringing up club champions. Uh, I want to know, does it hurt having, um, having this game, like you've waited a fair while, last grand final 2000, you've waited a fair while to see the Ds jump up the ladder. They've finally done it. Played well in 20... 2018, but never really... Was it 2017, the prelim? 18. 2018. Played well, but were never the dominant team of the comp like this year. But it's all been interstate or behind closed doors. Now you've got... You've won two finals. You're going into a grand final. Normal years would have all these games at the MCG in front of 60, 70, 80,000. Does it hurt a little bit knowing it's stuck over in Perth and we're stuck here locked down? with no foreseeable roadmap out? Well, look, uh, yes, it does it hurt? Yes, I think it hurts for every Demons fan out there, but I think it also hurts for every footy fan out there. There's nothing better than a grand final day at the G and to feel a buzz around the city, and we've been missing that for 
the last, you know, because of the buy the last week and a bit. Um, and look, it, it is it is really disappointing. Um, but at the same time, got to make the most of it and, and really celebrate the fact that the, the team have done an amazing job this year. They have been all over Australia. They have played in front of crowds, in part crowds and, and no crowds. They've had to um, come up with their own motivation to, to be winning games with no crowds at you know Telstra Dome and at the G. Um, so it, it definitely hurts. It also hurts the fact that my immediate family are over there and they're going to go and see a grand final and the D's playing one and I'm not going to be there. It's uh, uh, and they're let, they're letting you know. Oh, yeah, well, they use my membership to get a ticket, so <laughs> the irony's not lost on me. A WA boy comes over to Melbourne to to watch his D's play and. Um, you know, when they make the grand final, it's over at Optus Stadium, WA. Um, but no, look, I, I don't think, I, I think that hurt quickly subsides with, you know, with all the excitement and the buzz around. Um, you drive around, you can see um, the red and blue painted on fences, banners all around, painted on roads. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, um, so you, you know the Ds have never won a grand final outside of Melbourne? You've got that working against you. Have the, um, have the dogs? Oh, look, they haven't lost many. I think they're two out of three in grand finals. 66% strike rate. I'd be, you know, just playing the numbers. That. Outside of Melbourne or inside Melbourne? Our inside Australia. <laughs> uh, can, do you know why so many Melbourne fences are popping up? And these are like properly done fences, not, the, you know, the half paint job where you can clearly see old mates had a few on the weekend and just thought this is a good idea. These are genuine like professional level vinyls and setups and you're getting big blow up, blow, blown up players. Like first, have your house got one? And do you know why this has become such a thing for the Ds? I'm not seeing any dogs and I do live in the West. I did see a, I did see a house in uh, West Footscray painted um, red, white and blue, um, which was which was um, which was a, a, a good effort, um, but uh, uh, look, have I done my front fence? No, I haven't. Uh, I can't, you know, under personal circumstances. I, I'm not able to paint at the moment. Um, but what else is there to do other than you know to celebrate your team in the grand final? Go to Bunnings, pick up a tin of red paint and blue paint, and really get around it. Have you? Go on. <laughs> No, I was going to say any scarves in the window, Maxi gone out of the Age or Herald Sun poster on the window, or keeping it pretty pretty sharp at yours. Max gone beard. <laughs> I, I do enjoy that beard sauce. Where you have to send me over one. Um, no, look, I got on the merch uh, last week. I've I've got a new stubby holder and a new shirt that I can wear on Saturday. Um, I've got. You know, every membership a membership scarf since uh, I think going back to about 2010 um, uh, in my drawer at the moment. So I'll probably I'll probably bring that out. Um, and uh, and my neighbour is a cat supporter. So after the prelim final, I was able to put my cat my, my Melbourne scarf over the over the side fence and um, and just rub it into him a little bit. So um, look, yeah, it's. Uh, Everyone will get around it on Saturday. Um, I'm hoping that it sounds like it's a you know it's a D's friendly crowd in WA going for the underdog, um, you know the longest drought in terms of a premiership, and um, and that's what we want to see. Let's see red and blue. Yeah, see, I wouldn't say the D's are the underdog here. I'd say you're the red hot favourites, um, but I do want to know Tom. I'll flip this back to you. 
Are you concerned once the D's win, there are going to be individuals coming out of the woodwork pointing out the longest grand final drought now belongs to the Saints? Grand final winning drought. I'll just be clear. Day premiership. Day, thanks for the the clarity. No, look, I'm fully aware of that stat and it may or may not sway who I support in the game. I I don't know if um, we shouldn't be talking about the Saints, but whether or not having the longest drought might spur us to get the job done and actually break it. But... um, yeah, I'm fully aware of that stat, Seb, so don't you worry about that. And I'm sure you'll let me know, Shem, that uh, it's been passed on uh, as soon as that siren goes. That's not the D's way, Tom. That's not the D's way. You just <laughs> you, you just said you rubbed it into your cat's neighbour as soon as yeah, you beat them in a prelim. I think it very much is the D's way. No, the cats have had enough success. We can rub it into a team that has had, you know, a lot of recent success. I, I think we're not going to rub it into a, a team who hasn't had success for a long time. And probably won't for a number of years. Uh, are we talking about North now? <laughs> now, nah, look, um, to to get back on, onto the game, so I, I just want to see how you're sitting just with the, the fortnight build-up as opposed to the usual week. Um, and, and we might cover um, at, another, at another point just the impact of, I guess, qualifying week off prelim week off what that might do to the D's but just your personal build up given yeah you've had to sort of wait the extra week not just the 57 years it's an extra week on top um, how, how that sort of helped the nerves uh, has it been calming given that it's sort of been a bit footy bare in the past week or is it actually just another week of sleepless nights oh, believe it or not I'm not I'm not that nervous about the game it's not like I'm not sleeping every night um, when you've got two young kids you, you sleep when you can um, that's for sure. No, that's, um, that'll, that probably helps. <laughs> um, but look, I, I won't get into the I won't get into the pre-finals, mid-finals buy. I think it's a farce, and it shouldn't be there. Basically, um, so it, look, it gives us a, two weeks to get excited about the about the match. But I would have rather played on Saturday, um, and I think it potentially does play into how the game's going to run as well. You know, the D's only playing two games through that you know through that four week stretch. Um, uh, and the dogs having some red hot form, being able to have a little break, regather, get a couple of players back in um, Cody Waitman and also um, Alex Keith, and um, they'll be raring to go, I think, um, on Saturday. So it'll be two strong sides. Um, and you know, one matchup I'm particularly looking forward to is Stephen Martin if he gets picked versus Max Gorn. It'll be the old the uh, master and apprentice. Um, uh, scenario: two players who have previously been on the same side, and and then coming up against each other in a grand final. It's such an interesting thing because I did read a piece. I think it might have been Rowan Connolly just talking about, um, I guess, the the building of of Max Gorn, and they talked about. I think it was a game against Essendon, maybe back in twenty fifteen. Max sort of, uh, it might have actually been his debut. Actually, I'll further back than that. And Stefan Martin was the number one ruck at the time, so Maxi was just sort of filling the boots. He was the spare there, and it, it's amazing that they're going to meet in this game. Um, yeah, I mean, Steph, he's he's a dash underdone, you'd say, so he'll need all the help he can get from Tim English, but that's just the form Max is in, isn't it, that it's going to take two of them to just even nullify him? Yeah, look, there's uh, there's no doubt that he's that he's on his last legs, Stefan Martin, but they're a better side when he's in that team, um, and he still has some great ruck craft, which I'm sure you'd appreciate, Tom, from your days in the Rovers. 
Um, so well, thank you for mentioning that. <laughs> but um, I, look, I read a piece, you know, during the week. How does Martin play him? Does he try and shut down Gorn? Um, obviously, a massive impact in the prelim final, being able to float forward. Um, Gorn and Jackson being able to run Martin off his off his legs. Or does Martin do the opposite and actually just try and attack himself and try and get forward um, and kick some goals and put some pressure back on the D's Ruckman? Um, it's going to be a fascinating battle. And then the other D's player who's going to be picked is Mitch Hannon. And, you know, good to see him in the side. I hope he doesn't get a kick. Um, but, you know, happy that he's, uh, that he's going to be there. I couldn't believe his prelim performance. Uh, did that shock you that he sort of got on, you know got on the scoreboard so heavily in that one? Oh, look, it took me back back to twenty eighteen at the G with you know, a few of you boys and um, watching the D's play Geelong, and he had a great game that that uh, that night, and he wrapped it up. Um, I still watch the highlights with the slow Titanic mu- music of him kicking the the goal to seal the match. Um, <laughs> so look, I, he's a good player. He actually is. A, he was a solid player. It was excess to our needs. Um, the dog saw that he has the talent. Um, so it doesn't surprise me. I think he's a, a crafty half-forward who can take a mark um, and can get on the on the end of a few goals. Absolutely. Is I he... just want to go back to your Max Gorn, Stefan Martin there, Shema. I can tell you, I don't, well, I don't know how this is going to be played out, but if I'm, if I'm the Rucks coach at the Dogs... I'm telling Steph and Martin to just not even like don't even be aware the ball's there. Don't worry about that. You every chance you get, you run into Max. You elbow him. You hit him. You rough him up. We'll get everyone else to do the same thing. And if you can, if you can hit the leader of the team, like Oliver had a great year. Petrarca had a great year, as seen in the Brownlow votes. Well, they're midfielders, so it's to be expected in some ways. But Max Gorn's a heart and soul and a leader. And if you can run in and knock him around and get him off his game, that could flow right through the playing group. And that's where I'd be starting from a ruck point of view. Wouldn't worry about winning the hitouts or anything else. Just hit him every chance you get. Are you you're probably not concerned about that because Max is the number one ruckman in the game. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but is that? do you see that as where Max's potential weakness would be? Well, Sauce, you know I respect you coaching all those years, uh, coaching the, the thirds and, and getting some great results um, in that format. But you're and off. I should point out my superior ruck craft as well to <laughs> this other man. Like, I did it for years. Um, but, look, you're off tonight. That's it. Uh, if you, tell me who the, um, who, the, who the biggest gentleman is and, and even a gentle giant or a softie on the North Melbourne team. Who's the softest player on your in your in your starting twenty two at the moment? I just want to run that scenario. By I was going to say it was Ben Brown. Um, <laughs> um, Should we say Aaron Hall? He he would be fair. It's uh, probably a few of them in there. Let's run with Aaron Hall. That's like the coach saying to Aaron Hall, mate. I want you to go out there and just hit your opponent at every chance you get. Don't worry at the bo- about the ball. Just run through them every time. Just, just hit them off the ball. I don't care what you do. Just make sure they don't get a kick and make it a dirty day for them. I don't know if you've seen Stefan Martin. He's an absolute nice guy. There is no way that he will be touching Max off the ball. It'll be fair play all day. And um, while I agree with the theory, you've got two gentle giants on the Western Bulldogs side. You've got Timmy English and you've got Stefan Martin. They're not going to touch Gorn. That's my yeah, opinion. Yeah, you make, you make a fair point about their styles 
Uh, I'd be telling Steph Martin, given that, this is probably your last game, mate. Do you want to go out a winner of a premiership? Or do you want to go out as a, a friendly guy who saw Melbourne and Max Gorn hold up the cup? Your call, mate. Well, I'd be telling big uh, Steph to go after Steve May. I think he still has the uh, reverberations from that hit at the Gabba and the Q clash a few years back uh, on his mind. So maybe maybe take out the key backman there. If, well, yeah. If, if he doesn't really have it in it, as, as Shem believes, then it's, he certainly wouldn't get someone who's not his opponent. At least your opponent, you've got a reason in the ruck contest to run in with your knees up and in the boundary throw-ins to suddenly accidentally get your elbow up and in his chin and go, me? How? Was it me? The old hands up in disbelief. Um, I think that's actually really important overall for the dogs to try and counteract this Demons team because I'm pretty sure the midfields are going to go head-to-head. Um, if both coaches are smart, they're going to need a plan B for when either one of Bontempelli, McRae, Oliver, Petrarca get off the chain. But they're going to start the midfields head-to-head, and if Max Gorn is giving the service, then uh, it'd be pretty hard to stop. Yeah, look, the, the, pol- the polished players will go head-to-head, um, but there's no doubt that Liverpool won't get away. He'll be tagged, finding will go to him, and they'll look to shut him down. He's an important clearance player. Um, he showed that in the final. Um, you let him have five minutes, he'll get six disposals off the bat and, and the dogs will get away. You just can't afford for that to happen. But I agree with your sauce in terms of the polished players, the McRae, Bont, Smith, Hunter, Trelaw. They'll go head-to-head against Oliver, um, Petraka, um, uh, Brayshaw, Langdon, um, and then Spargo, oh, sorry, um, Pickett when he goes through there. They'll be all head-to-head. Um, and it should be a cracking cracking matchup. Um, I'm really interested to see how they play Smith as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Brayshaw goes to him and plays a defensive wingman role to make sure that he doesn't get running forward. I mean, he's kicked, what, three goals and four goals in his two finals um, and really contributed to the Dogs kicking a winning score. I think if you can shut him down, get rid of those goals, then you kind of wonder where are the goals going to come from. Is he your number one target going into this game, Shemmer? I mean, if you could set any Melbourne player to take, you know, do the job and, and nullify a bulldog, who, who you know, who's doing the job and, and who do you want to see from the dog? Like, who's worrying you from the dogs, I guess? Uh, yeah, it, come, it, it does come back to that old coaching theory of um, you don't necessarily tag the best player, you tag the player who you think you can have the most impact on. Um, I don't think um, Smith has been tested out with a tag. Um, so I think I think he'd be a great target. Um, I've already said Liber, Liber will get tagged. That's just a it's a no-brainer. It'll happen. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd send Brayshaw a defensive role on on Smith. Make sure that you're you're not letting him get in front of the ball um, and running inside fifty and, and kicking those amazing goals that he that he kicks and firing up the side. I wouldn't bother sending anyone to Bont or McRae. They're gonna they're gonna rack it up no matter who's on them. So. Let them play their game, and Oliver and Petrarca will go head to head with them. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. That like the midfield's the matchup I I'm looking forward to. Um, and it, there's the tagging side of it, but I I'm just such a strong believer in if one of them really gets off the chain, you need to change something or do something, and you need to have a plan B. And it's fine to go with your structures and everything else, but if you're in the third quarter down by three or four goals, and well, let's say Petrarca's kicked one, he's had 22. He's just moving so fluidly. You need to stop him. 
So you need to send someone there, stand in front of him, do whatever, but you need to change the flow of the game. Quite often, it's an unsung hero. And, and Who's, that's probably what I wanted to put to you, blokes, is you know putting it on the other side. Um, you know who who from the who, who from the D's do you target? Um, is there a particular player that you're wanting to? You think the dogs need to shut down? Um, let's talk defensively and 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 as a midfield. Um, obviously, the backs will play on the forwards. So, um, who who do you think is the most important D's player, and um, who's going to go to him? Well, the most important to me is Max. So, Steph, as we sort of covered. I think the other keys are you, you, your team defence is great. You've got to be patient. You've got to use some hit-ups. Um, use Lever's man. Use Steve May's man. I would be trying to isolate Stephen May as much as I could and test out that hamstring and back. I don't think... The way he looked in the prelim... I don't think he's 100% right. And I'd be making... I, I, I wouldn't want to die wondering as a Dogs supporter or a Dogs fan or a Dogs coach. Um, but it's critically important you don't bomb it in. Move the ball quickly when you can. But if, you can't, if you're going to bomb it in, you're playing into the D's hands. Like That's just bread and butter. It's like watching Sydney of the late 2000s. They didn't care if you got the ball and kicked it into defence. That's where they wanted it because that's how they could get it back and hurt you. So... Um, the the other one, the other one you can probably put a bit more time into potentially would be Salem, because he can carve them up by foot. So I don't know who goes to him because like we're talking defenders now. You don't want to have your forwards playing as defenders because then you'd still need your forwards to go and kick goals. But Salem's ball use by foot, it, it has carved teams up and. Was it against the Cats? He was given too much time and space and just did what he wanted for two and a half quarters. There was a game I was watching in the last month, and he just—it was like watching—it's uh, like watching it local footy, and they're like one team's come down from B to C grade, now the team's gone up from D to C, and they're playing each other, and it's just like this is not fair. Like, do something. He was just standing there on his own, doing what he wanted for two and a half quarters. Oh look, there's no doubt they'll try and free up Salem as they do every game. They don't they don't have him play a, a defensive role. He's an attacking half backman. So um he he won't get a he won't get a key matchup. He'll get probably the he'll probably get their worst forward. Um but talking about players who prob- could play a shutdown role, someone who I'm worried about. Shaki did it against Alir Alir and um Shaki really tying up Lever. That's that's my concern and I think you're right, Sauce. I think May could be exposed if he was one on one. So um, my thoughts are shut down Lever, who's going to be the one who's dropping back into the hole and assisting May, and then all of a sudden you have got Norton able to fly at the ball, who's a who's a young star key forward, um, not as good as Harry Mackay, but um, but pretty good. Um, and 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 May, I just don't think May's going to be able to go with him, particularly with that back hammy that he's got. Yeah, well, well said. I, I'm looking as well, Shimmer. I guess that the it, it does come down in these grand finals where the the cream of the crop will you know will rise, but it's often the blokes in the bottom six as well that that can really I guess have a say. So I'm interested to sort of hear. And I'm not saying any of these. Well, some of these guys are in the bottom six. Some you might not have. But I'm looking at you know Bowie, Harms, uh, Neil Bullen. Um, you could probably put Petty in there, Sparrow Rivers, Spargo. These lesser lights. I mean, if you can, you know, 
win the 50-50s with these blokes or, or get, you know, maybe two or three out of some of the forwards, it, it's going to go a long way. I mean, is there a, a bloke that you think is just primed to just spring up and surprise us all and, and do that job that, that gets you over the line? Uh, I think Harms has been great playing a, a half-forward role this year, um, moving out of his typical uh, half-back he was for a couple of years. Obviously, it didn't work out for him mid before that, and he's kind of settled at half-forward playing a bit of a pressure role. Um, I, look, I, I think he's a role player, but I think one player who um, who's made for the big stage, and he's definitely not in the bottom six, but he kind of fits within that profile of kind of what you just lifted there in terms of those small to medium players is Cosy Pickett. He's just he's made for this big stage. He will soak it all up. He's in his hometown, um, WA, and uh, home state in WA, and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. He's an excitement machine. Um, and to be honest, uh, I don't know who they're going to be able to send to him. Yeah, that that's the worry I've got is the the dog small defenders. I, I think that's something you can really exploit. But you know, Cosy Cosy leading the charge, but Fritch is just an awkward matchup that a lot of teams get wrong. Um, yeah, like I said, Alex Neil Bullen. I mean, he's doing a job. Um, you know, yeah, Spargo's been unbelievable this September. So I think you know you, you're sort of looking at yeah, Duray making Caleb Daniel accountable is going to be massive. So it's it's a huge challenge for the dogs. I'm. I'm worried about their ability to shut your smalls down. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll be excited if they st- send um, Eastern Wood to Cosy Pickett. That'll that'll <laughs> just it'll excite, wet my lips straight away um, more than the beer that I'm drinking. So um, I'd, I'd love to see him go there. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he gets first crack, um, but uh, I just don't I just don't think he has the speed to go with him. Um, and he yeah. does not. It's just a fact. He does not have the speed to go with him. I don't think any um, of them have the speed to go with Cosy Pickett. But um, but I guess Easton Wood has the he has the brains on his side in turn and the experience on his side. So I, I can see that I can see that matchup happening. Will it be Taylor Duray? Because uh, he he played on Charlie Cameron in the what was it the semi final now. Um, and there was that moment where it looked like Cameron was for all money going to run in uncontested and kick a goal and. Didn't and he kicked three in the first quarter and had little to no impact. So, I think I think that might be either the starting matchup or the finishing matchup if, um, you know, Easton starts on him. Easton, like to me, in a perfect world, he's more of a matchup for Fritch, just body size and type and everything else. Um, yeah, interesting forward line down at the D Shimmer. It's not your conventional forward line, and you've sort of been trying to find a key forward for a while. Um, some might say you're still looking, but uh, it's just, it's not, you don't have the two monsters and then the small forwards around them and one mid-sized forward. It's uh, it's a different sort of setup, which, are you concerned about your ability to kick goals? Well, look, going back, Sauce, you, you're spot on in terms of the Charlie Cameron matchup. It was Wood and then it was Duray. Um, so uh, it's part of the reason why I think Wood gets the first first go at Cosy Pickett. Um I just think there's a lot of trust there with Bevo. He, he, he backs his players in, and I think he'll do it again on the weekend. Um, uh, but look, uh, in terms of our forward line, um, I think it's the perfect forward mix for a grand final. You look at the the previous winners of the grand final, there's, um, generally speaking, there, there haven't been two dominant key forwards who played in the game. I know Lynch obviously came in with Revolt for the Tigers and, 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 and obviously contributed there, but... 
the Tigers were already a, an amazing side. Um, he was just the, the cream on top of the cake. And to be honest, I think they probably could have won it without him. Um, but look, we've been switching around the forward setup all year. Uh, Tommy Mack has come and come and gone um, at certain parts of the year with form or injury. Um, ben Brown obviously started slow, but as plays a, a really important role for us. Um, he's, uh, I know he's criticised for his pressure, but he's he's the get out kick down the line for us, um, and he actually is a is a great kick for a, for a big man. Um, not a, not only at goal, but but to players on the lead, he seems to just have that that forward mindset of he knows where players are going to lead. Um, I know you'll be overly critical of him as a North fan, but I think you've forgotten the, his great years uh, where he's kicked bags of goals for North, and 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 really um, he's been a tough matchup, and I think he'll be a tough matchup again on Saturday. Um, and then of course, um, so we've got uh, Tommy, and then Weidman obviously waiting in the in the wings. Obviously, won't get a game on Saturday, um, but I'm really hoping he sticks around next year. Yeah, so people think I'm overly critical of Ben Brown, and I'm not, in my opinion. So take for that what you will. He, he He's shown moments for the Ds, the things he didn't show at North, where he was able to hold a little bit more position against the Cats. Um he was really a one-trick pony at North, and once people figured that out, he started to have less and less impact. Um, his numbers in his last year, at, last full year at North, where he kicked 64 goals, were inflated by 10 against Port um, in a game that was just that was party time for a lot of reasons. Um, he's played 12 games for you this year, Shem. 10 wins, one draw, and a loss. Do you know who the loss was against? <laughs> That's the right, the doggies, the doggies. You're very harsh turning your nose up at even, you know, 64 goals, take 10, 54 goals for the year. I'm taking that, you know, I'm taking that every day of the week. So, um, you know, I think you are I think you are being a bit harsh and it's not just goals. He doesn't just contribute goals. He is a get-out kick for us. He takes um, a big key back. Maxi gone, kick five in the prelim final because they didn't have a matchup for him because they've got Ben Brown who they have to stick someone on. So he's um, even as a decoy, he plays a he plays that role for us, and um, I'm really glad to see him doing really well. Oh no doubt, I'm not I'm not knocking the bloke individually. It's good to see him back playing footy, but um, yeah, I don't know, don't know what we're going to get out of him on grand final day. Best of luck to him. Bailey Fritch. I would have a little something on Bailey Fritch if I'm if I'm tempted, which let's be fair, probably will be come grand final day. Uh, so we're like let let's get down to it. What are your confidence levels winning this game? Give me a percentage figure. Ninety nine He's gone slightly above the yeah, 50, 50 which Yep, that's a D's fan right there. Um, I'd have the D's about 75, 80% winning this one, personally. Uh, yeah, I'm maybe, I'm probably with you, Shem, 60, 40. It, it's, Why it's am I to... the most confident in the D's? This is bizarre. The dogs, the dogs are a different side. Um, coming into the finals, obviously, they had a, a shocking run with their final few games. I think they were mucking around with. Um, trying to plug some holes, um, they've hit some amazing form, um, and I'm, I'm I'm a bit concerned that they'll get the jump. 
Uh, D's typically don't start that well. Um, uh, Softy warned me before uh, before we came in and played the Cats that it could go awry again, and you don't want to be you know seven goals down in a final. Um, that does concern me. It concerns me that they can get a red hot start, and then we're playing catch up, catch up for the rest of the game. So uh, if they kick, you know, if they kick the first four or five goals um, as they did against Port, um, you know, it's it's going to be hard to come back from that in a grand final, I think. But um, where this game's won loss is in the contested possession, both really contested possession sides. Um, I think whoever wins that number is going to win the game. And I agree with the earlier comment that the dogs can't be kicking it high and long. They can't get trapped into that. They did um, They did when uh, we played earlier in the year. They just kept kicking it to Mayor Lever. Um, I don't think they'll be that silly again. Um, and I think they've got a, a range of goal kickers who can contribute. But um, if, they, if they are kicking it high and long in the first five minutes, then again, game over the other way. I think Tees will come home with it. It's a good point you you raised because I think you know both finals you five goals up at, at half time in both so I guess you haven't sort of been tested in a first half properly so um, yeah that that'll be one to uh, keep an eye on I'm just loving that you've played each other twice this year you know in both games both clubs have you know tried to tag tried you know accountability at different points it's really just shaping up like it's going to take I guess to go back to the simple Simon or, or Bevo it's going to take a bit of bit of a stroke of genius in the coaching box maybe to to tip the scales and and win win a, a matchup we might not even be seeing right now and that might get the job done spot on tom is there going to be someone who can pop up and and play an amazing role and um you know like tom boyd did for for their grand final win where he inspired them across the line so um you know you, you look at the dogs list there the mids are full of stars, so it's it's really not going to be one of those blokes. Um, yes, okay, Smith might pop up and kick another three or four. Um, that would be a, an absolute sinker for any of these fans. I think dogs get over the line if he if he kicks multiple goals. Um, but you look at the list, and there's some there's some potential there. You know, Norton can get off off the chain. Um, you got Cody Waitman who can who can pop up and and kick four from four free kicks. But were they there? Were they not? Anyway, they goal. won't be there. They <laughs> won't be there in the grand final. So they'll they'll <laughs> certainly umpire it differently. Um, but look, it's uh, yeah, uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be, I think, a great grand final to watch. They're, they're two exciting sides. They love to play fast footy. Um, it's going to be in there and under, um, and uh, and yeah, just can't wait to to sit down. At uh, what time do we start? 7.30 or something on, on Saturday 7. night? 7.15, I believe. 7.15. 7.15 Eastern, 5.15 local over there in Perth. A nice twilight fixture. Uh, look, it was great having you on, Chema. I want to leave you with... Oh, oh, we're going to give you some tips here. Uh, you don't have to tip, but we can just... You, like when the uh, the players are doing the tipping in the in the paper, we know you're going to tip the Ds. Um, but I did mention the dogs have a 66 percent strike rate i've actually just done the maths for you on the d's and it's actually 72 percent once you make the grand final so uh 13 wins out of 18 grand finals so that's that's pretty good i'd certainly take that as a ruse fan um the dogs are undefeated against you in grand finals so which way does it go we don't know uh tom give us a tip and the norm smith winner you can give us a Norm Smith winner, Shem, but we know it's we know it's going to be demons related. 
Yep. Uh, look, I, I think... Sorry, Shem, it, it's going to be close, this one. It won't be something you can enjoy sort of halfway through the third into the last. It's going to go down to the wire. I'm thinking probably similar to the 2012 granny with maybe a late one just to give you some breathing room and you might... Uh, the Ds will win by nine points uh, and Clayton Oliver will get the medal. I think uh, he's just primed to uh, explode in the midfield and it, midfielders are all the rage at the moment. He's probably one of your very, very best. So uh, Ds by nine for me. Sauce? Uh, that Sh Shem, give us, your, give us your Norm Smith. Yeah, I'm not going to tip because I'm not, not going to jinx it. Um, but look, Norm, Norm Smith, I, I, I love that tip, Tom. Oliver will play an amazing game, but I love to go for someone out of the box in a Norm Smith. Um, and I reckon Jack Vine is going to be Norm Smith medalist. He's had an Ooh. amazing final final series. Series. He'll go to he'll go to Libba, but he'll get his own ball. Um, he's a contested ball. Uh, his best mate Ollie Wines has has, has won the Brownlow. Um, you know this week, and uh, he'll he'll match it and win the Norm Smith. Very nice. Uh, so, I guess it comes down to my tip, and I just think, I just like I weigh it all up, and Melbourne have have got the momentum. Obviously, the dogs have played themselves into a bit of form, but the D's have kept themselves up and about all year. Um, the D's there's one thing the D's don't have that the dogs do, and that is a premiership winning senior coach. So I'm going to tip the dogs in a very, 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 very close one. Very close, Shem. Like, real close. Cody Waitman will win the Norm Smith. He'll kick four or five. He'll pop up out of nowhere. He's an unsung hero. Uh, and the dogs by a kick. You have not let up on the Ds in the existence of this podcast, and you're sticking with it. Sorry, Shem, that's just how he rolls. I try every week. Um, Holding on to those luscious curls sauce for, for one more week um, before you have to shave your heads. Appreciate the uh, concern for my luscious locks, but uh, I don't think I'll have any trouble getting them back. Uh, thanks for your time and coming on, Shem. We really appreciate it. Uh, had a lot of fun, and uh, good luck on Saturday because these are damn hard to win, and you are right there. So that was our interview with number one Demons fan, Shem. Uh, again, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate the support. Uh, be sure to give us a like, a follow, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, please, please reach out to us. We're going to have some bumper mailbags upcoming because as of Monday, it's trade period. We've got the draft coming up. Uh, it sort of heats back up for the other 16 teams who are not playing on Saturday. So... There'll be a lot to cover, and Tom will be bringing us his first mock draft, mock draft 1.0. Uh, I think I'm gonna, I think I can help him out with the first few picks because I know North are involved there. Uh, but we'll um, we'll give you a mock draft, and then as that changes, we'll certainly uh, adjust and amend that to be. Uh, I'm pretty much expecting it pick for pick accurate on draft night, so no pressure, Tom. Uh, but uh, again. Good luck if your team's playing on Saturday. If not, hope you enjoy the day, the night. Uh, obviously, lockdown makes it a little bit tough, but get on those Zoom calls, reach out to friends and family, and uh, please, please make sure you have a good time.